going to try to respect your time and get you out of here in just a few minutes. Uh, well, actually not a few minutes, but within the hour. But I do want to um, pause for a Q&A at the end to make sure that you are understanding of everything that was said. And if you want to get a, a question in, we want to take time to do that. Um, now, I want to start with some scripture because everything I do is scripturally based. And there's a few scriptures, you don't have to turn there, but I do want to just echo them and just paraphrase them for you and to you. Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 26, of course, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowl of air. And then the Bible said, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. But then we find in Genesis 2.15 that God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man and the man was in charge of tilling the garden which means if he did not work it he couldn't partake of it and he could partake of as much as he worked that's amazing because that's the same way God is to you God drops you in a garden and then he says whatever you till you can eat that's good news now um, Genesis chapter number 13, the very first time rich was ever used in the Bible, it wasn't by a preacher, it wasn't by a prophet, it wasn't by any of that. The very first time rich was used in the Bible, it's in Genesis 13 too, and God made Abraham very rich. Will somebody say very rich? Very. Now, God made him rich. He didn't make himself rich. It wasn't his idea to be rich. God told him, get away from your country and kindred. And then God made him very rich. Deuteronomy 28, of course, we know that he says, blessed will you be if you hearken diligently to the voice, blessed in the, in the city, in the field, blessed your basket and store. But then you get down to verse number 12 and he says, blessed will be the work of your hands. In other words, I'm going to bless the work of your hands. I'm going to empower what you put your hands to to increase. And then, of course, Deuteronomy 8.18 says, the blessing of the Lord. Somebody say, glory to God. Make it rich. And he add, I mean, I'm sorry, Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, Proverbs 10.22, and addeth no sorrow with it. So the purpose for the blessing, we see everything God blessed, it prospered. It became wealthy. And so Deuteronomy 8.18 says, remember, it is I, the Lord thy God, that giveth thee the power to get wealth. The power, the enablement to get wealth. Part of the blessing is to bring you into wealth. Then you move over into Ecclesiastes 2. I want to read that one because that's the verse that actually was spoken to me um, that kind of started the process of this whole revelation uh, about economy. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter number 2, verse number 24 says, There's nothing better for a man than he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy the good in his labor. This also I saw that it was from the hand of God. Yes, Lord. So God wants me to enjoy my labor. 
And what comes of it, he wants me to partake of it. He wants me to eat of it. He wants me to partake of it and enjoy it. And then 1 Timothy 5.18, very familiar passage of Scripture. And when we quote the Scripture, even though the text in context is talking about um, a minister, it refers to anything. And it says this. This is amazing. It says, thou shall not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and that the laborer is worthy of his reward. Now, even though he's in the context talking about eldership, he's talking about it, it is not good for me to not eat what I work. What I work up, I can eat it. And while I'm treading, while I'm treading it out, don't mind if I eat a little corn. You understand, which means God wants you to partake of your work. I believe the church has done not, I I, I use some strong language. I said a a gross injustice in teaching prosperity without completion. But I don't want to say injustice. I just want to say they've been incomplete. Because they've given us the perception that we can sow a seed. And basically, when we sow that seed, we reap a harvest. But we don't tell the people where the field is to reap it. Because if you think you're just going to be able to sow seed and go home and sit at the house. Now, I'm not saying God won't do it, but I hadn't seen it yet. I hadn't seen no Brinks trucks backing up to your house, unloading a whole lot of money. And it's the perception that I can sow and sow and sow and it's going to come back and come back to me. But then you don't labor. In what God has called you to do. And so this is what made me want to bring some direction and understanding. Because the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. I will bless the work of your hands. I will cause increase to come to your life by what you do. And this is the main way God empowers you to get wealth. The power to get wealth is in you. He didn't say, I'm going to give you the wealth. I'm going to give you the power to get it. Well, the power is an enablement, an ability to get it. So this whole economy is about finding what did God give you to get wealthy. Because you got it. Say, I got it in me. Yeah, this is a great class. This is a great class. I, I, I got it in me. I got it in me. So I want to go to um, the first slide because I want to I share some things with you about this. And I want you to just take notes. Now, my assignment today is not to bring like just a full comprehensive seminar about how to do it. That, that's not my assignment. And I want to be very clear. Um, it's not my assignment to tell you how because the truth of the matter is I don't know how for you because every destiny is unique the way God brings people into places is very unique so the way he does it for me might not be the way he does it for you you understand because everybody in the Bible he did it different he told Abraham leave your country and kindred but yet he raised up you know Isaac and Jacob out of the family you know, and so you, there's so many ways into he called the disciples off of their business and put them in the ministry. 
and told them, this is going to be now your assignment. There are so many ways that God is going to get you to work your ministry. So I don't want to, like, give you all the nuts and bolts on how to do it, but rather give you, like, a system, a system to, to be able to kind of pinpoint some things that I feel like will give you some goalposts or some things to look for. And there are seven things I'm about to give you. Now, it doesn't mean you have to do all of these seven things in chronological order. But hopefully, once we get through these seven things, you will be able to find something maybe in one of the things I talk about that's like, that's the key. That's, that's what I've been waiting on. That's what I've been looking for. That's why I'm not prospering. So basically, economy is from this perspective. You have an economy in you which means God has given you something that he wants you just like a normal economy where you take a product and you send it through production and then you get it into a marketplace and you begin to exchange it and then for goods, for services. And that, those are, that's, that's how an economy works. Well, somebody say this, say, I am, I am. my economy. I yeah, you are what God is going to use to bring you profit. You, you, you are your own economy. God wants you to be self-sustained, that you create your own work, your own worth, your own wealth. You take yourself to the world. You take what God has given you and exchange it. You distribute what God has put on the inside of you and give it to the world or to a city or to wherever God has called you to function in. And so the economy, the wealth, all of that interaction, all of that exchange is in you. Somebody lift your hands and say, thank God it's in me. So you just got to find then what power did he give you to get wealth. And so that's what we want to look at. So the first slide um, talks about that your prosperity is in your person. And your, your prosperity, excuse me, is in your purpose. Your purpose is in your person. Your person is supposed to get to the people. And the wealth comes from within. Now let me explain that real quickly what that means. It simply means that your prosperity is in the work that God has called you to do. It's in the field that God has put you in. Now, the reason I harp on jobs so much is because you can be in a job you're not called to be in and be out of the will of God. I know you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet and make the money, and I understand I'm not telling you to quit it, but I am trying to tell you that the real prosperity, where the blessing is, is in what God has called you to do. That's where it is. And so it only works if you're in a job structure in which you can fulfill your purpose. But most of it is the revelation that God absolutely made everybody an entrepreneur. In essence, that's what it boils down to. That everybody that God created, he created with a unique purpose. And God says, that's where your prosperity is. Now, some of you farmers, if, if I plant it, you know, in my field, in, the, in my backyard, just say I had, a, I had a lot of land, and I planted 
all types of things in the backyard. Corn, peas, you know, greens, you know, you just name it. Beets, carrots, just all of it. And I planted all that and I planted all that and I planted all that. But I planted it for you to eat. And I tell you I planted all this stuff in my backyard. But then you go to Elder Dancer's Field to try to find it. Well, you're going to be mad and you're going to be hungry. And you're going to say, wait a minute, I thought you had all these carrots and corn and peas and all this for me. Where is it? I'm going to say, are you in my field? You're going to say, no, I'm at Elder Dancer's house. There ain't nothing coming up in his yard for you. I didn't plant it there. Ooh, glory to God. I planted it in my field. Say my stuff is in my field. You know what, I got got to quit because they're trying to get me to use better language. Because I just believe uh, Ebonics preaches better. But they're trying to get me to say, so I'm not going to say stuff. Say, say, say my prosperity is in my field. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's in my purpose. It's in, so, so the first step is I, my prosperity is in my purpose. My purpose is in my person. Oh, my God, and this is the master key. i got to find What did God put in me? The reason this is crucial is because all you have to do then to prosper is be you. Because it's in me. My purpose is in me. And if I do what's in me, if I just be me, I'll prosper. Now, if I don't say nothing else, close up everything and go home. I've done done you well tonight. (laughs) You understand? It's in me. It's in me. It's in me. So the prosperity is in my purpose. My purpose is in me, the person. But then I've got to find a way to get my person to the people. And there are so many people, they are anointed, they're gifted, they, they, they know what they're called to do, but they're hidden. Can't anybody find you? They don't know what you're doing. They don't know what you give. They don't, they don't know anything about your purpose and a lot of people have an issue, but you've got to some, find some kind of way, and it is God's responsibility and yours because he can only open a door, but he can't push you in it, and he can't push you through it. You understand? Because the doors that God opens for you require faith. And if you won't walk through it, he says, I had it open, but you didn't go through it. So you have to understand this because he's got to get you to the people. He's got to get you to where your purpose is supposed to flourish. He's got to get you into the area where your, where, where your impact and all of that takes place. So your prosperity is in your purpose. Your purpose is in the person. And then you got to get the person to the people And when you do that, you understand that I control then my wealth because everything is coming from within me. That is empowerment. That God put the whole system in me. And it's up to me what comes out of me. I believe God has dropped you all in your own garden and said, tend it and keep it. Dress it. Eat what you want. Whatever you work up. That's why Solomon said, oh, it's a good thing. 
for a man to enjoy the stuff that comes from his labor. God says, I want anything you work up, I want you eating it. I don't want you muzzling the oxes, treading out the corn. In other words, I have given you this purpose and this gifting, this ability to bring your life to a place of impact. And when you bless people, they bless you. Look at somebody say, when you bless people, they bless you. You understand? It comes back to you. Give and it shall be given back. That's not just money. That's a principle for life. You give strife, you gonna, it's going to come back to you. You give anything. So when you give your gift, it's going to come back to you. So you have the whole system, and that's what economy is about. Now, if you go to the next slide, this is where I want to talk to you a little bit about your purpose. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I just want to hit this. Your, 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 pur- your purpose is what you are born to do. And this comes out of Jeremiah. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And ordained thee, sanctified thee, and ordained thee to be a prophet unto the nations. All of that, all of that. And then he said that, that, that um, God would set him, you know, on high. He would set him in a, in a position above where he would prophesy and he would be in a position to prophesy to all nations of the earth. Now, you use that one scripture and that is filled with revelation about purpose. Number one, I was born to do it before I was born to do it. Before I formed thee, I knew thee. Which means I I was born because of it. It's what made my birth necessary. The fact that he has purposed my life. And then number two, he says, and I have sanctified thee. Now, that word sanctified doesn't mean holiness, even though, you know, thank God, saved, sanctified. Come on, fill with the Holy Ghost. That with an ever-burning. Come on, where are my holiness people at? Come on, you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the sanctified he's talking about. The sanctified he's talking about is set apart. When God sets you apart, you won't work, in, you won't fit anywhere else. When God sets you apart for a specific reason, anything else you do in life, I like to say it like this. If you don't do what's set apart, everything else you do will fall apart because you won't fit. The blessing of the Lord making the rich and added no sorrow. It'll be a stress. It'll be strain. It'll be, it'll be labor. It'll, it'll cause you anxiety and, and your mind won't work and your, 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 know, your, your authority won't work. Won't, won't, won't anything work because you, you, you're just out of place. Why? Because he sets you apart. And then the scripture tells us he sets us in the body as it pleases him. Now, this is even to do with businesses. That's why, like I said, if, if you've been set apart to do chicken, then quit, quit, quit trying to do enchiladas. It ain't going to work. Ain't nobody going to want your stuff. It ain't going to be, no <laughs> it ain't gonna be no good. You, you, no, no, you're going to go out of business. You got to come over here to this chicken. <laughs> you understand? Haven't you noticed whenever these particular franchises, I hope their owners are not watching me, but... Whenever you have these particular franchises and they try to branch out and bring another, as we'll say, genre or entree of food, haven't you noticed it don't ever stay on the menu but a few months? Number one, because they're not good at it. 
Number two, because when I come here, I ain't looking for that. You understand? And they're trying to function in an area they're not sanctified in. Tell somebody, say, get sanctified. That means I got to get where I've been set. Woo! Oh, Lord, the preacher trying to come out of me. Let, me. let me not do it. And then he says, and I have ordained thee. See, this is the reason you got to get in your purpose, because you're born to do it. You're sanctified to do it. And then he says, I have ordained you. Now, that word ordained means to be invested with authority. It means to be authorized. Now, why is this important? Because the ordination of God over your life about your destiny has nothing to do with the natural. It has to do with the realm of the spirit. It has to, it has to do that God has declared from the heavens, I have authorized you to function in this. I called you to that business. I called you into medicine. I called you into ministry. I called you to, I set you here. And that means everything in the heavens begin to back you. See, it's not going to flourish on earth if it ain't backed by heaven. That's why you got to get in God's purpose. Because the ordination is there. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I've been ordained for this. Then you got to get in your purpose because you're gifted. That's where your gift is. He says, he says, I made you a prophet. That's a gifting. That's a charismatic. That's a grace of God. He says, I've made you a prophet. That, that's what you're going to do. You've been gifted to pluck up, to root out, to tear down, and then to plant and build. That's what your gift is. I'm going to deal with that here in a minute. And then he tells him that I've set thee. I've set thee. I've set thee. My God. Everybody say position. Now, that's why you got to get in your purpose. It's the strategic placement and the boundaries of your operation. God establishes whether you go global or not. He establishes whether you go community or not. He establishes whether you have franchises or you're just going to have a business that's going to be really effective in the local market or region. He establishes all of that. And what I found out, most people in the economy, they don't ever find out all of this. And that's why things don't begin to flourish because you're just simply out of place. I tell ministers that all the time. It's one thing to be in ministry but you got to know what kind of minister you are. Because you got to find what you've been sanctified, hey, glory, and ordained to do. It's the same way in business. It's the same way. It's the same way in the field of coaching and music. Some people are not gifted to sing hard and rough. And when they try, it'd be like, what, what you doing? If God wanted you to do that, he'd have gave you the voice for it. Get back over there and sing some love songs. You understand, we always have this tendency to want to do what we've not been sanctified to do and gifted to do and ordained to do, all right? And so let's dive a little more in this gifting, this gifting. Um, so go to the next slide because it's crucial that you understand these three things, and then once you get out of these, actually these two things, then you get in kind of the nuts and bolts of making the economy work. So what is your gift? you got to find it. The reason it's hard for people to identify their gift is because you keep thinking it's one thing. And I want you to think about your gift like an orange. 
An orange is an individual fruit. It's one fruit, but it has several slices. And sometimes your gift comes in slices, but it's one gift. You just got about three, four, five slices to it. And this is what confuses people because they feel like it's got to be one thing. No, all it has to be is an orange. <laughs> all it has to be is your gift. But however many slices God wants to it, you are to use every slice. Boy, I saw the light bulb come on. You can lift your hands. I know it's seminar, but come on, lift your hands and say, glory. <laughs> Boy, y'all trying to make sure we all professional. We can show them that we act up even in seminars. Yeah. Yeah. And so oftentimes, that's why you'll have a passion for a season, and then you'll have a passion for another thing and another season. And it's not that you're just being scattered. It's just that the, the slices to your orange are, are popping out of you. And it took me a while to learn that. Because I thought your gift, I thought I could only preach. Could only preach. And Mel said something today when she talked about something about comedy. Do you know I believe a door is going to open for me? Somebody call Tyler Perry if you're watching, Tyler. To... <laughs> but, but <laughs> you know, I've always wanted to be an actor anyway. Well, that's part of my gift cluster. It's in my personality. You understand? And so when that time for that to come, then there are times I'm serious. There are times that, you know, and when all, you got you to gotta use all that because your gift is interwoven into your personality. Some of you are shutting your gift down by trying to change your personality. And you're trying to be all serious and deep or are you trying to be funny and happy or what? No. Look at somebody and say, work with, you, with what you got. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. Work with what you have. You know what you got, it sounds better. You know there's more power than what you have. But I got to do it right. I got to do it right. Yeah, so your gift is, number one, your anointing, your grace, your supernatural endowment. It's an anointing. The anointing is the super behind the natural. And everybody in here has an anointing. Everybody. Everybody, anointing for business, anointing for technology, anointing. You had to have the, an anointing to come up with this. Can't no human produce that. If, you, if we would have told your mama, uh, you know, your mama or your grandmother that we were going to be walking around with computers on our phones, there's no way they could have even imagined that. But I'm telling you, the Jetsons are about to be prophetic. Some of y'all know what the Jetsons are. It's, you got to be at least, what, uh, 35, 40, at least 40 to know what the Jetsons are. But it looks like, you know, come on, they're giving robot citizenship and stuff. I mean, the people, okay. But what I'm saying is that every good and perfect gift comes from above. Not just the ones that are in church. Not just the apostle, prophet, evangelist. Those are the gifts to the church. But in the marketplace, every gift, every good and perfect gift comes from above. There is a supernatural endowment on all of it. It's a supernatural anointing for business, for politics. Don't we need some supernatural politicians? 
Yeah, we need some anointed people. We need supernatural people in education. We need supernatural people everywhere. And so everybody has this. And so you got to find your gift because you find your anointing. Number two, you find your ability. You're just able to do it. Just like the frog hops, it comes to you naturally. I say it all the time. If you give me trigonometry, I might struggle. But if you give me Deuteronomy, I just know what I know. It just works. Love going to Bible school, but I didn't have to go to school. Yeah, fish swim in schools, but they don't go to school to learn how to swim. It comes natural. It's just in me. Just in you. You're in your gift all the time. You just don't know it because you're looking for something too deep. It's you. It's what always comes back to the surface. Ooh, I feel an anointing right there. Lift your hands. Come on, say, I'm going to function in my unction. Come on. Yes, I am. Number three, you need to find your gift because that's where your intelligence is. I am going to write that book, Divine Intelligence, because I believe it is the master key to functioning in the wisdom of God. Everybody in here has an intelligence that nobody else has. It's in you. It's in you. You got it. You got to find your gift because that's where your service is. And now we're fixing to flip the script. The Bible says in 1 Peter 4, as you have received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Which means God says your gift is your ministry. Say that after me. My gift is my ministry. Which means God says, I don't want you to do anything as far as ministry to one another that is not coming from your gift. Your gift is your ministry. Got it? Now, go to the next slide because this is what I want to share uh, with you. What are you trying to share with me? Okay, gotcha. That, that'll be fine. I'll be, be great. I had to ask you because I could see it. <laughs> okay. Um, now, this is where you flip the script. I know what I'm called to do. I know what I'm gifted to do. Now you've got to go in a production phase, which means I got to get this ready for presentation. I got to get this ready. And here's what people do not do, which shuts down their effectiveness. It's most people get out there functioning in their gifting before they have went through production. And the problem with that is if you get out there, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And if you get out there before you're ready to get out there and they see the unfinished product, then you're going to cheapen your value. So what you want to do now is you want to go through all the things it takes to bring your gift to the next level. Before you put it on stage, you got to learn the lines. So now, if it's business, if it's, if it's, it's, uh, if it's whatever, politics, if it's teaching, if it's preaching, if it's ministry, whatever you are, medicine, whatever, law, whatever field you're in, now I've got to go into production phase, and I've got to develop. Somebody say develop. Yeah, yeah oh, i got to stand on this. Uh, develop. Say it again. Say develop. Develop. 
develop. Why? Because the impact of your gift is going to determine how much you get paid. It's going to determine the income that comes back into your life. And I have had enough of people thinking that they are supposed to be in front of the world, but their gift ain't polished. You're not ready to step into it. You're not ready to step into the light. And so you got to go through a production phase. Watch this in the person and in the product. You got this idea before you put it out there. I got to know that this works. I got to make sure that whatever I'm about to sell, I got to make sure that this works. That if I put it out there on the market, it's going to hold up. Whatever it is, product, ministry, business, idea, whatever it is, I've got to go through development. Now, if Jesus had to go through it, you know you got to go through it. You remember Jesus at 12 said, I must be about my father's business. Mary said, you better get in this caravan and go back to the house. And the Bible says he went back home preparing for 18 years. And from 12 to 30, he did nothing but grow, increase in stature, in wisdom. What was he doing? Perfecting the gift. <laughs> yeah, it took him 18 years, and you want to take 18 minutes. It ain't going to work. Why? Because God knows the timing for your purpose. He knows the moment that he wants to bring you to maturation. Or he knows the time for when that idea is going to flourish. He knows when I want it to hit the market. He knows when I want you to start that business. He knows when the climate is right. And you got to go through production phase and you got to start perfecting yourself. Somebody say perfecting. Perfecting. I got to start perfecting it. Bringing it to maturity. Bringing it to completion. I got to get all the knowledge I can. I got a plan. Somebody say plan, plan, plan. Yeah, that's the time to come up with a plan. What's the plan, God? What's the plan? Jesus at 12 was ready to go, but it wasn't a plan. He said, I got a plan for you. You got to be baptized by your cousin. There's got to be the passing of a mantle. John's got to go before you and make the way straight. I got a plan for how this is going to be. And a lot of people just start without the plan. And you get out there, and when it doesn't take off, you don't know what to do. You don't know the next step because you didn't plan. I feel an unction right through here. Somebody say, God, give me a plan. Give me a plan. Get, for I know the plans that I have. I got plans for your life. I know the plans. And I want you to know the plans, but I need you to stay in production till I reveal the plans. I'm sorry. Let me get back. That was Pastor Petrie. Y'all forgive me. He pops out every now and then. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, say, give me a plan. Give me a plan. Give me a plan. This is where the planning phase is. This is where you dream. You start putting it on paper. If Bridget Moody was here, she'd tell you if it ain't on paper, it ain't real. Yeah, this is where you plan. This is where you get your strategies ready. This is where you, you're getting ready. Now, because you're fixing to get your, you're finna take your gift outside the house. So when I come out, if Jesus would have came out at 12, he might have done some things, but, but most of the people would have said, this, this is a cute little boy. He's so wise, and they would have shut him off and sent him on to the house. Why? Because even though he was gifted to go, he didn't have the power to go. He wasn't ordained yet. 
But at 30, when he comes out to Jordan, he's baptized and the heavens open. Uh-oh. The heavens open his life. Here comes the authorization. Here comes the ordination. This is my beloved son. The Holy Ghost comes upon him. Supernatural power hits him. And then from that moment forth, his fame spread throughout all the world. Sometimes failure is simply a fact of being too early. Just too early. God says the stage ain't set yet. So now these are all of the things you need to know so that you can get engrossed in your destiny, your gifting, your calling. But now let's go to the next slide because now I've got my gift, i got my calling, and now I've got to take my person to the people. you got to find your market. You don't belong everywhere. You belong somewhere. You're not going to be successful everywhere. You're going to be successful somewhere. Very few people are called to impact large masses of people. Now, you do have those people. But what you want is your market. How many of you know there's some things that can work in Dallas won't work in Texarkana? It just won't work. Why? Different market. Different, different needs. Different people. Different cultures. You understand? And so that's what you got to find. There is some people group. Some place. When I talk about people, I'm talking about demographics. Who you call to? Who you want to target for your business? Who did God show you? What knowledge did you get when you were going through production? What plan did he give you? Because when you talk about people, you're talking about demographics. When you're talking about places, you're talking about geographics. Because there's somewhere you fit. When God wanted to bless most people in the Bible, he moved them. Mm. He took them out of an existing situation. If it's nothing but plucking Paul from the Pharisees. Plucking the disciples from fishing. He took Moses. He took Abraham. He took, he took David. He, 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 pull, he, pull, he pulls you out. Why? Because your destiny is demographical and geographical. Oh, Lord. See, if you don't know all these things, it might be the reason it ain't working. Seek God for these things. You got to know these things. Those that are watching me online, you, you, you got you to ask God a thousand questions about this because this is serious business because your wealth, your impact is dependent upon knowing this. I never will forget a woman of God who's gone on to be with the Lord prophesied to me back in 1994. She said, actually 1993. 93, 94, she says, you're going to be called to prison. I see the Lord using you in prison. <laughs> Me in prison? You know, been saved all my little life. Church boy in prison. And rough, no tattoo, no earrings, no nose rings. Hadn't been out there. I ain't got no testimony about being high. I don't know what it's like to be high, drunk. I don't know what it's like to be in crime. I don't know none of that. What in the world am I going to do in prison? 
but she told me, I got a place for you there. I didn't know a couple of years later I would meet Mike Barber. He would walk up to me and say, you belong in prison. And it was from prison that God launched me into my purpose around the country. From prison. There's just some places you fit. Come on, say, I fit, I fit. There's a place for me. Come on, say it. There's a place for me. And it won't work till you hit your sweet spot. But can I prophesy to you that this year you're going to hit your sweet spot? You're going to find the place. You're going to find the platform. You're going to find where God wants you to, to become visible. See, that? oh. I'm running out of time, but I wish I had time to talk about this. See, there's coming a time your business is coming out of hiding. And I believe that anybody listening to me or anybody in this room, I believe the reason you're listening to all this is because God's getting ready to hit you or put you on the platform. When you find that platform, that's the launching pad. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got a launching pad. <laughs> you got a launching pad. And I'm telling you, the eyes of the people that are supposed to see you for your purpose are about to come up on you. Lift your hands and tell God, I receive it right now. I receive it right now. This is your year for an effectual and open and great big door for your life. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's going to take off this year. But you got to find your market, and in your market, you're going to find the people and the places and the platforms and the partners. Somebody say, help is on the way. 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 Partners, people to help you. There are two types of partners. There are people who help you do it, and then there are people who will do it for you. Say, they on the way right now. They on the way. They on the way right now. They on the way right now. They on the way right now. But all of that happens once you get in your market. See, you got you to get in the right market. So some of you might have to be willing to move because your destiny might be geographical. It might be into Texarkana. It might be out of Texarkana. Uh-oh, I feel fear. Come on, lift your hands and say, Lord, wherever you want me to be. <laughs> Come on now. I know you love your family, but not enough to stay broke. If you want me gone, I'm ready to pack up. I love all y'all, but not enough to stay broke. No. If, if I need to move, I just need to move. If God want me in Florida or in Georgia, if God want me in Alaska, <laughs> I got to go where, where my business, my purpose will flourish. All right. Now, all of that's kind of the spiritual context. So let's move into now the actual nuts and bolts. Now, once you find all of that, you're ready to talk money. Yeah. Everybody say trade. trade. Now, you have to understand that when God gives you a gift according to the scriptures that I've given you, he wants that gift to boomerang back and bless your life. The laborer is worthy of their hire. God says, I don't want you pouring out your gift and giving your purpose, and then I not bless you for it. I gave it to you so that you can exchange it for blessings. Everybody say blessings for blessings, which means I bless you, you bless me. That's the way it works. That's why if I bless you with soap, you're going to bless me with the money to keep reproducing it. 
so I can keep giving your soul. And you can keep giving me money to keep giving your soul. You understand? That's the way it works. Now, what God is about to do with your business, your purpose, your ministry, whatever it is, he is about to, and I want you to get this in your mentality, he is about to release the economy of your purpose into your life. But if you don't know this, you will fight it. Because especially if you're in ministry, because in ministry we do things out of the goodness of our heart. And the motive is to do it for God's purpose, God's pleasure, God's will. That's always the motive. But the reality of it is that God says, I'm not going to have you give people spiritual things and not reap their carnal things. In other words, I want some reciprocation coming back from this. And what I don't want you to do, what I don't want you doing for the rest of your life is building somebody else's vision. And you get nothing. You're causing them to be wealthy, but nothing's coming back to you. Why do you just want to work and make somebody else rich when you could be working for yourself? Why would you do it? And so now you take your gift into the market that you've been called to be in. And when you get there, money will follow you. And you will simply exchange yourself for money. (laughs) Yeah. Now, that's if you're in a ministry or something like that that comes out of you. If you got a product, if you got some goods, you exchange it for money. How do I know how much money I deserve? You don't. Your gift knows. (laughs) Because the impact determines the value. I never will forget, I heard Dr. A.R. Bernard say these words, that you don't get paid by the hour. You get paid by the value you bring to it. The value you bring to the hour determines what you get paid. So you've got to become valuable. Whatever you have, it's got to work. And actually, if you look at these, it says value, demand, results, quality. That's actually backwards. You've got to have something worth quality because then it'll get results. If it gets results, it'll be in demand. And if it's in demand, that's where you can set the value. Did you hear what I said? Now, these principles work anywhere. They can work for you opening up a home for, for, for kids get results, turn their lives around. (laughs) Then you can bring your quality and your results and your effectiveness. And they're trying to bring these kids and then you can stand before somebody and lay out your vision plan and say, I need money to back this. And that's when governments and businesses and people will get behind you. But people pay for results. You can, you can be good-hearted, but not good at what you do. You have to get results. Somebody say results. If I buy that shirt at that price, it better last me until I give it away. 
I don't mind buying no $500 pair of shoes. They just better be with me till Jesus comes. <laughs> Every time I put them on, I want them to just feel new and look new. And I don't mind buying no $1,000 pair of shoes or shirts or any of that, but it better be, it better be worth the advertisement of it. Somebody say reputation. There you go, because when you're effective, that's what you build. Ooh. You, you, you build a reputation. Your fame gets out. Your name gets out. Your effectiveness gets out. Girl, go over there and get that. Let them do your hair. Lord, when they went and did my hair, and I got some of the kinkiest stuff, but boy, when she got through working on my hair, and you, it, when you get results, you don't have to worry about the advertisement. Now, there's a marketing piece, and I'm going to talk about that, but, but, but results. When Jesus started healing, the fame went out. He didn't have to send out a flower. Heal people start going back saying, I was sick. But now I'm healed. I was blind, but now I see. Look at somebody say, you got to be good. 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 Don't be opening up no food store and your food ain't no good. Because only your kinfolk will tell you your food is good. But you need some real people that are coming in and tell you, shut this thing down. <laughs> because the quality of this food is not good. Only when you are in demand can you begin to set the price. And people will pay it. And God wants to take you to the next level in your business, in your calling, in your ministry, to where you are so effective that your reputation goes before you. And then when you show up, you deliver. When they buy it, they come back because it was quality, because they loved it. And they start bringing people with them. Then you start. This is how quality. Yeah, quality doesn't go on sale. Have you noticed that? I don't mean to be, offend anybody, but you, no, no, no. You're not going to go buy no Gucci purse for $200. It ain't coming down that low. I can promise you that. <laughs> Louis ain't going to come down. No, no, no. Why? The quality and the reputation and the results, the value that we've set on it, is set. And so the, your economy, see, this is why you got to take the time with your gifting and get it to work. So that when you get out, of, get out there in your business or whatever you're administering, it's effective. And people will pay you for it. And it's in you right now. There's something in you in which you are good at what you do. Lord have mercy. Come on, say it by faith. Say, I'm good at what I do. I'm good at what, and if I ain't good, I'm about to get good. I'm about to get good. <laughs> but this is how it works. That's an economy, y'all. That's, that's how everything around you is working. That's how it works. They came out with this thing, you know, the hover cover for the microwave. I saw that thing where, where you can just take it and attach it and the magnetic thing, and it just goes up to the, I'm not, you know, promoting them, but I'm just saying I liked it. And I, and, and I said, oh, I watched it on TV. I said, I got to have one of them. 
Because you don't even have to take it out. You know, you just pull it. It has had a magnet on top of it. A plate that has a magnet or cover has a magnet on top of it. You just, put, uh, just lift it up and it, choo, it just sticks to the top of the microwave. And then when you put your food in, just pull it down and cover your food. Then when you're done, you just stick it back up. Don't have to take it in. Don't have to put it out. Uh, I said, I got to have that. I got excited. So I went to Bed Bath & Beyond and I bought one. And I came on. I couldn't wait to see if it stuck. I put it in and bam, it's like, I said, oh, yeah, we good to go. We good to go. And now I'm talking about it right now until one of y'all going to go out and buy it. You watch what I tell you. Somebody in this room going to go buy a hover cover. You just mark my word. Why? Because it had results. For me, it ministered to me. Come on, clap your hands because that's what you're about to do. You're about to minister. And when you minister, that's where the money comes. Say, the money follows the ministry. The money follows the ministry. All right, I got to go. Now, listen. And so now, when, when you begin to make impact, go to my next um, slide for me. When you begin to make impact, and you begin to now exchange your service for, for profit, now you've got to also have a system in place of getting this out. That's called distribution. Because as the demand comes... As the business picks up, you've got to have distribution in place. How in the world am I going to keep reproducing this? What outlet am I going to be using to get this to the people in mass numbers? What's the volume? How much do I start with? How much am I going to do? You know, I had to figure out all that stuff when I started writing books. You know, I had to, I had to figure out, okay, I can get this book written, but how am I going to get it to the people? And how many books am I going to get to the people? Who's going to help me reproduce this once it... Once, it, um, once I run out of my first printing, all of those things. Why? Because once you start to develop that and you get the economy rolling, you got to have this stuff in place. Somebody say partnerships. 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 Because distribution is the one place that is very hard to do alone. You can only go so far. With your business, with your company, with your ministry, you can only go so far until you have to hook up with somebody that can take your stuff to the masses. See, the reason I'm saying all this is because I want you to look at certain things and be like, you know what? That's an area of weakness for me. I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to get that area together. I need to get that area together. I need to deal with that more effectively. Because once the demand starts, you can't, can't be no running out. Oh God, Man, one of the worst things in the world is to carry your products. I'm talking about for a minister to a place. You get up there and bless the people. And I mean, they swarm your table and then you run out of product. Now, most people will say, what's your website? But they ain't going to it. And so we start getting wise and just start taking more than what we'll sell. Just in case it's a good day. You understand why? Because you know how you feel. You go to the restaurant and you hungry. And you order that and then that certain dish and they come out saying, you know what? 
the, the trucks didn't run, and you're like, oh, anybody want to hear all that stuff? <laughs> I want what I wanted. Yeah, say if you advertise it, you got to produce it. Yeah. And so now you're moving into the economy, man. You got your stuff going out. You got people that are able to put it in places where you don't have to work it. It's working for you. And you got strategic things happening in you. Got reproduction going. You got partnerships, people to help you, people that are helping you do it, people that are doing things for you. And you got the system in place and it's rolling. The last thing is what you must have significant, and that is administration. Most people that I know who quote-unquote fail, they fail because of poor administration. They are gifted. They are anointed. They're called. They've got the business. They've got the smarts. They've got the intelligence, but they don't have the system. They don't have the structure. They don't have the organization together, the systematic organization to be able to take it all to the next level. And once it gets to a level, to be able to keep it functioning. Now, you don't have to be a whiz because you can hire people. You understand? But there's got to be some system. And these are four administrations you got to have in order to work the economy. Because I believe God's going to get it rolling. And I mean the money is going to start coming in. You're going to be a blessing to people. Your name, your reputation is going to grow. I mean, you're going to be in demand. And I'm telling you, God's the money's coming. You're going to be blessed. And God's opening up doors. But you got to have an administration in place. you got to have an administration in place that can handle all of that. Number one, you got to have a personal administration. Because most people fail because they can't stay focused. Life, they get into all kind of stuff that just messes up everything. Shuts the whole system down because they have no personal administration. They have no personal structure and organization. They can't keep going. They can't keep going. They run in hot spells and cold spells. And they, they, they just, they, they, they're too out of whack because... Remember, this is coming out of you. So your ability to administrate yourself, you got to be a self-CEO first. And your ability to administrate you and stay focused, to stay attentive, to keep your priorities, to keep your eye on the ball, as they say. And then you got to have somebody to administrate the product. Because you're not going to, once you get to a certain level, you can't do it all. When the economy starts flowing, you cannot do it. You're going to have to have people who can administrate the product. And you come in and you keep giving vision about what I want to do and where I want to go and where I want this to do and what can we do to this. And yeah, I want to make that deal. And yes, we want it over there and all that. And you're making decisions, but you can't be in the ins and outs. You can't be on the phone. You can do that at the start, but you can't be on the phone all day. You can't, you can't do that and keep it rolling. You got to have people who can administrate. And then you got to have people who can administrate the people. Amen? You might start out with your relatives, your, your cousins. You might start out with your children. But it might get to a point where you got to bring some more people in. And that whole administration about changing. See, oh God, I say this all the time. When God gets ready to change relationships, 
you don't have to just cut them. Some of them you can tie on. You don't want to just cut stuff off. You want to tie stuff on. But then there is a period where somebody better comes. They just better. Well, you can't be sentimental because somebody better. It ain't your fault they better. And then you trying to stay loyal to somebody. And stuff comes to a grinding halt. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, I felt that. You mean I might have to fire somebody? <laughs> it's inevitable. You might well get that in your head right now. You are not going to take your business from nothing to something and not have to make changes on the way. It is inevitable. And if you stay loyal, you can stay loyal as a person but not as a partner. I love you and that ain't going to change but you can't work for me no more. Now you don't have to say it like that but I'm just telling you. <laughs> Some kind of way if y'all got to go out to eat, if you got to get in the mirror and practice, you know our time has come to an end. You were so with me, so faithful at the beginning, but I feel the shift to the, uh, whatever you got to do, you got to do it. Now, be good to people. You don't just leave them hanging, you know, give them a little nice little package on the way out the door and tell them I thank you for getting me to this level, but I feel another level. Oh, my God. Um, look at somebody say, church people, church people, church people. <laughs> tell them, say, you got to do business. You got to do business. You got to do business, church people. It's my, <laughs> ooh, glory to God. Glory to God. And then you've got to have somebody that can administrate the provision. I'm going to close with this because, man, look, if you can't handle money, and a good template for handling money is do you do well with it in your own personal life? Because if you can't administrate the money and you don't have a structure for it. Now, with any business, any destiny, there's risk taking. There's steps of faith. You're just not going to get there without it. But if you don't have a sense of knowing when and how to, how to administrate, money is really easy. There's coming in and there's going out. That's all you got to control. That's all you got to manage is the coming in and going out. If you begin to get out of whack with your going out and you don't administrate it well, you can, you can just, just totally break the momentum of your business, your company, because you want too much too soon. And you shut the whole thing down before it could build the momentum to succeed. That's what I've probably seen more than anything from people who want to start businesses. They try to do more than their money at the moment allows them to do. Because they don't administrate well. Risk taking is a part of it. Making decisions, stepping out on faith is a part of it, but then there's a part to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we better stop right there. That's the cutoff line. We just won't have that. We just can't do that. 
Now, it's not like I said all seven of these things. I mean, it, 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 that, it helps to have it all. <laughs> that, 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 that's the point. But what I'm saying is some of you got some of that in place, and then some of you got some other pieces missing. My desire is that you found your peace. Because the, the other seminars that we do will do more with, with other kind of like internal things, like the things you got to have internally, like mentalities and stuff like that. That wasn't my assignment today. My assignment today was to just give you a system that if I can set these things up in my life, I believe my economy can work. And as I teach this, I myself is going through a restructuring of all of this. Thank God, nothing bad is just getting it ready for the open door. I'm sorry, my mama told me to quit saying that. You see, see, I told you, I told you, see, I told you they say the dough. Which is better, dough or dough? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. What y'all say online? The dough? Yeah, or door. Yeah, it's the dough. I know it. But I'm structuring stuff for the next level because I felt like I've heard from God. I felt like I've heard from God. And I got good people. I mean, Shaw Hollowell is a blessing to my life. Give her a hand clap, please. Letitia Rhodes is a blessing to my life. Give her a hand clap, please. Iron Petrie is a blessing to my life. And I've had to strain because I'm not a multitasker because I obsess on things. It's hard for me to multitask because I can't hardly be. I'm obsessive when I get on something. So if I get on a music phase and that part of my gift comes up, then then I'll let you preach Wednesday night. I'm in studio. <laughs> you know, I just get in this phase where it's just music, 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 and, and then I need to be writing some, and I need to be, you know, um, working on a sermon, and I need to be getting ready to, to meet with that person, all that, and it gets jumbled. So I'm, I'm having to learn some new administration for me. I'm having to go through some, because, listen, everything, I'm sorry. <laughs> some of everything is about to open for you this year. And so I'm going through, and, and I'm having to be intentional about it. You know what I'm having to do? Plan. I ain't ever had no schedule. What is that? But I'm to a point now where I better get one if I'm going to accomplish the things. So I'm going to give you the words that the Lord gave me. He said, Isaac, I have put so much in you that I want ministered to the world. And then he said this to me. He says, think about all you've done to minister and then think about all that's happened to you for ministry, from favor to money and all that. And these are the words he said. I'm telling you, God told me this, y'all, for real. He said, it is not enough. He said, this year, I want you to double. 2018, I want double. At least double. That was the connotation. So, look, let me just tell you right now, you're not going to get rich without work. <laughs> I know that's a revelation to you. You're not going to get rich without work. 
Whenever he said, I want you to double, I immediately knew what he was saying. He was saying, you're not working enough. You're not taking your gift. You're not getting full, full, full manifestation out of it. Get these books written. Get that music produced. Start opening up yourself and get in some of these other circles you've been intimidated to function in. Start doing all the stuff that I've called you to do. And so, it's so funny because me and Charlotte, I think, were talking to, me and Fred, somebody, we were talking to other, this was the day after church. I say, ain't it funny that the moment God started sharing that with me, doors started opening to places I've never been. Why? Economy. There's so much about your purpose that God says, I'm trying to get it to you. I'm trying to give blessing to you, wealth to you. But he said, in exchange for that, I want your gift. I want your anointing. I want your impact. And this is where just sowing seed and making confessions and you think you're going to get wealthy. And that's why people have been frustrated for years because they've never seen a harvest because they're not working the field. Get in the field, and the harvest will show up. So did you get inspired tonight? Yeah. Lift your hands. I want to pray over you. Frederick, if you would come real quick, I just want to pray over you real quick. And um, I don't know if we want to cut the feed off, but you say there are questions on Facebook. Or, um. Now, let me just do the questions live here. I'm, I'm about to say goodbye to social media. All those that have been watching, share this with somebody. I, I, I know this is going to be a blessing and has been a blessing to your life. Everybody has this in them. You were born with it in you. He gave you the power to get wealth, your effectiveness, your ability to get it out of you and get it to the people that God has called you to is where your wealth is. And so as I go, thank you for watching. Share it. Listen, we're going to give an opportunity to give. If this has been a blessing to your life, there's a link and information to tell you where to do it. I don't want to tell you what to give. I actually want to sow this into your life. But the Word of God says, if I've sown into you spiritual things, then I'm supposed to reap carnal or natural things. You can't pay God for anything. He just told you because you cannot pay for revelation. God has to give it to you. And so whatever gift I receive it and command it to come back to you 100-fold and be blessed. But the ultimate blessing I will get from your life is if you take what I've said in this last hour and 10 minutes and it causes your life to prosper. Be blessed. Love you. Now, for the rest of us, I want you to lift your hands.